Hello, mates. Welcome to the Classic Gamers Guild bloody podcast. All right, how's that for starting with energy? Try and maintain that, he says to himself in a room alone. Hmm, I miss Rick. All right, welcome everybody. So this is this is my first time, buddy, hosting a show here, and um, I, I'm not gonna lie, I don't think it's going well so far. But I'm gonna try and keep you well entertained and get into some topics. We're gonna try and have guests on um, as frequently as possible, so it's not just me talking into a mic alone in a room on a rock in space to give you the really kind of full scale of what's happening to me right now which is uh, happening to you too, whether you like it or not, unless you just already press stop because you're like, this, is, this isn't going to be of any substance to me whatsoever. Well, hopefully for my sake, you're stuck in traffic, you got no other choice, and it's, let's face it, it's become habitual for you to listen to this podcast. So here I am to fill that void for you. And I can't stress enough that we will have guests soon because it's... It's weird, right? Like, I'm, I'm kind of talking to myself. Like, if it weren't for the fact that you're listening to kind of validate my actions, I, I would just be talking to myself in a room. And if I was, like, an alien watching me, I'd be like, that's so weird, that human's just sitting in a little box alone talking into this metal thing. And uh, why? Yeah, because I'm doing this, you make it so I'm not a weirdo in a room alone talking to myself. So thank you. Now, what I heard was that this podcast is actually about games. So we should buddy talk about games. And um, I'm going to try not to ask you questions because you can't really answer me uh, back in lifetime. We're working around the solution for that. But in the meantime, I'm just going to talk at you. All right. So just sit back, relax, you know, or don't maybe sit up aggressively grinding your teeth. I don't care. I'm, I'm here for you, mate, regardless. So the topic of today's show, um, I don't actually know. I'm going to, I'm going to stop it and find <clears throat> a brilliant topic. Today, I'm going to run you through three little fun size, serving size uh, ideas, topics to discuss, because I, I'm not going to sit here and talk about one thing to you for 40 minutes, because you'll turn on me. You'll be like, buddy, come on, mate. Uh, you know, I, I get it. You feel X way about Y thing. I'm over it. So I don't want you to get to that point. So we're going to do this kind of like robot chicken right? Just give you like three, four little samplings of a thought, because I, I can't bounce anything off of anyone. I, I, I mentioned before I could put on like a sock puppet or whatever, but I'm not ready to go mad in a wheelchair with a blanket on my lap staring at the sea. Not yet, good sir. Not yet. That is how I want to go out, though. I, I've notoriously said that for years. Just put me in a wheelchair with like a nice heavy wool blanket and, and let me go mad staring at the sea. So romantic for some reason. Peaceful. Anyway, first thing I'd like to talk to you today about is what it might be like to create the most technologically advanced version of The Sims possible. So let's imagine we're a thousand years ahead, technologically speaking, and we're going to create a version of The Sims that is fitting in a futuristic society with computer capabilities we can only buddy dream of. A lot of what I'm getting at stems from something called the simulation argument by Dr. Nick Bostrom of Oxford University. That's right, mate. I got some heavy bloody references for you. All right. I'm trying my hardest here this week. I promise. I'm going to make this short so we can get 
quickly back to the game part of it, but to give you some substance, some background on this mental idea, uh, first of all, just kind of think like The Matrix, you know, or, or think, uh, you know, The Sims meets like an actual ant farm. Uh, we're playing The Sims, but we're controlling organic matter. Ugh, that's gross. All right, sorry, I, I, sorry for putting it that way. That, scratch that one, that one's disgusting. So the simulation argument is an argument, not a theory, because it produces several possibilities, but one of which has to be true. So here is the argument really quickly. Number one, we are living in a simulation. Bloody, yay, or oh no, it's probably not good, I don't know. Um, two, our civilization will survive long enough to create said simulation. Um, so in this in this case, what we're talking about is if we do live long enough and therefore continue our curve of developing technology, it will eventually reach a peak or a point where we can create said things. Um, and the third part of the argument is that our civilization will not live long enough to create said, te said technology and we will die trying. Um, that also sounded really grim. But the thing is, is that we're doing that. We are trying. So if we didn't live long enough... We can say that we were trying. We, we've been, we've created the Sims. We do have a, a an odd desire to, um, I guess, kind of play God. I, I, I no disrespect. I have, I have my beliefs. I have utmost respect. Um, but you know, it's probably bloody well fun to play God. Be like, hey, I want a, a unicorn with David Hasselhoff's face and lips for an anus for some reason. God, Rick would be so disappointed in me. Um, <laughs> so anyway, right, well, you know, well, playing God's fun. And, and if you disagree, then maybe you own a cat or a dog. And, you know, come on, mate. It's, uh, you know, kind of controlling it. You know what I'm saying? I own one too. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm, I'm signed on to this. I'm well into it. Um, anyway, instead of attacking listeners, I should just continue on with the idea, Rick would say if he was here. Thanks, ghost of Rick's past. I wish you didn't go off to fight in that war. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if he did that he will not deny or confirm it. So my thoughts are, all right, if we're living in a simulation, then something's bloody controlling us, or something is, maybe not controlling us, but something created this for us to live in. We are but ants on a farm, in a rock in space, whatever all that junk I said earlier was. I, I really liked it when I when I said it. I, it all ends with like, we're in like a cat's eye or something from that Fresh Prince bloody movie. Um, so if we were in a simulation, if the Matrix was true, let's kind of put ourselves in a position to imagine that we were the creators of that simulation, and what would we create? Because Earth is well boring, right? We've got <laughs> we've got imagination, so we could pick this up a bit and create, you know, any sort of world. So I'm just gonna list off a couple ridiculous, tomfoolery-filled, nonsensical bullshit at you to get through this bloody podcast. First thing we're doing is right where them clouds start up in the sky, you've seen them. If not, just have a look upwards next time you go out. So instead of like bloody clouds and everything, I think that's where the ocean should start, right? So like we got like this floating ocean above us and then like bloody dolphins are doing like swims and dances in it and every now and then like a little water comes down and it's like really refreshing because it's probably hot out, maybe. Um, that's the first thing I do. It's apparently more important than any sort of, uh, you know, peace or anything like that. Let's get some bloody aerial dolphins and stuff. That'd be cool. Um, but no dancing. Uh, <laughs> the Another thing you could create, right? Because, again, it was kind of boring trying to spice this bloody right on up. Is, you know, 
why why the dinosaurs have to die b- before we got here? Let's put the two together. I know Jeff Goldblum's buddy, oh, uh, uh, you shouldn't bloody uh, do that. But like, I think it might be well cool. I mean, imagine the Avengers, but like one of them's riding like a T-Rex in the battle. Now, I know what you're thinking. None of those are real. Well, I've got news for you. We're we're bloody we're bloody make real. That's, we're in the we're in the business of real, and bloody business is. Fine. So, uh, I think I'm going to kind of, kind of leave that there. Because uh, <laughs> uh, if I was to continue on, what I'd have to do is create separate personalities and then splinter off into each of them. And I'm not quite sure I'm really ready to do that yet. So I'm, I'm going to kind of leave it there. But what I wanted this to serve as more than anything is to be just, just a, a a thought piece for you, something for you to, to kind of think about. That's right, buddy, carry your own weight, mate. Uh, <laughs> for you to just kind of think about, like, wow, like, all right, we always think about, like, what if us humans are in a simulation? Well, using kind of video game logic, what would it be if we were the ones creating that simulation, right? And I, I promise I'm not stoned. I do live in Colorado, but I am not. And that's not like a cheeky wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like, no, mate, stop bloody winking at me. I'm actually not. Um, but it does it does sound like one of them thoughts. And I did already encourage you to look up at the clouds. So now I'm kind of questioning what was in those bloody brownies. Am I right? This <laughs> is right difficult without, without our mate Rick. <clears throat> I'm not going to lie. By the way, if you're a drinker and you want to get hurt, uh, have a drink every time I say bloody. You know, oh, have a shot every time I say Rick. I think I brought him up three times. That makes four. Let's uh, let's wrap up this this matrix madness. So my basic goal here is is to generate just some thought on the idea of what it would be like to be on the other side of of simulations uh, to to be the creator of it. What would you do if you could play chess with the fabric of an entire civilization? What kind of world would you create for them? What kind of rules would you give to them? What kind of boundaries would you or would you not give to them? Would they be, you know, thousands of years kind of in the past or, or that much so in the in the future, technologically speaking? Would they have bloody green Gamora skin? I, I don't know. What, what are you doing? Tell me about it. Let's start a conversation. I think that would be genuinely well fun. And if we don't have a conversation for it, then like a lot of the segment is kind of like in vain. So, you know, don't be a bastard. Leave bloody comment. Tell me a bone. All right. Moving on to my next segment, uh, which is very famous. Uh, I've never done it before, but it's 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 gonna go far. It's you know, bloody trying on crazy diamond. You'll see. It's gonna this is gonna move things, move and shake things. This segment's called "What Are You Playing, Mate?" You know, like "What Are You Playing?" Dot dot dot, mate. Um, I want to touch base with you on what I've been playing and get your thoughts on it. Maybe I'll end up, you know hyping you into playing it be like oh he's he's really excited about it i want to i want to share in that human connection and get excited about it too or you'll be like oh he i i i don't like his opinion so like now i know to avoid that and that's cool too you know as long as we're moving forward so what i've been playing lately is actually two games so i'm going to touch on them uh hopefully kind of quickly so we can bloody get on with the show first game i've been playing is called resonance by wedget eye games and Here's my rating system from here on forward. It's going to be either worst game ever, just a game, or best game ever. 
because but I can't do the the number thing one through ten. It's like I never know where the bar is, and I'm always giving games like eights and nines. Like why are you so generous, you know, with them? Bit of a softy like that. So anyway, in that case, I give Resonance a solid best game ever out of ten. It's an amazing game without spoilers. The basic idea is that you're four different people and your lives will kind of intertwine into one another. Very much like a Tarantino film, Pulp Fiction, specifically like Jackie Brown, where you, you get familiar with certain characters before they start to cross paths. And then they slowly cross paths here and there. And then by the end of the final act, you're all in the same screen with the same goal at the same time. And that's well fun. It's really cool that you can switch between the characters. You can watch them meet each other, learn about each other through being that person or interacting with that same person, which is well cool. The storyline, again, without spoilers, is there's a discovery of a particle called the resonance particle. And if they are aligned separate from another and released, they smash into each other and create energy out of nothing. This energy can be used in good or bad ways and it cannot fall into the wrong hands and that's where this team comes in is to stop it from falling into the wrong bloody hands you know some guy with like a like a kitty who doesn't want to be there on his lap and he's all i'm gonna end the world but you'll know how it feels uh i never really get where they're coming from very bitter people them villains but um the point is trying to figure out who the bad guy is and to stop them and the bad guy might be one of you four. And I found that to be fascinating because I kind of liked all four characters. And I didn't want any of them to be the bad guy. Did one of them become the bad person? I don't know. You'll bloody have to play to find out. So anyway, it's a really cool game. Beautiful pixel art. Um, most of it's based in the real world. Uh, a lot of outdoor scenes. Very bright, very colorful. Just gorgeous, gorgeous game. One of the four characters, her past is explored in... Uh, in nightmares, basically these nightmares that uh, explain how how she kind of came to how she grew up. Um, the the nightmares uh, definitely explore psychologically things that have happened to her and why. Um, so that part of the game is actually really refreshing and cool because you take a break from the the bright sunny real world outdoor environments to step into this kind of hellish landscape of of a little girl's nightmare um so it's it's not you know necessarily scary and that's by no means the majority of the game but it's a really really cool element and the final thing i'll say on it is it's really well written i love when games have the writing come first it's, it's just so important and i love when games also have a well fleshed out a to z or a to z it depends i'm trying to speak for everyone here the americans go first because i bloody think you're the majority listening all right so you, you get that that's a poke around here um but z does feel more comfortable i like when they have the story fleshed out where they they know the ending so you don't get the, what rick and i discussed uh, take a shot on that last episode of you know games that, that just kind of rush the ending where you feel like the developer got fatigued and was like just get me out of this mess or whatever um this game is a fully fleshed out story done by somebody who, who in my opinion i think clearly has a background with it because it, it's i don't want to hype it up too much to say like it, it could be a movie but it, it could like I've seen worse stories in movies than this game had. So a lot of thought went into it. Um, you know, obviously it's, it'd be like a bloody short story uh, or movie or whatever. I guess that makes it a TV show with one episode. Listen, that's not the point. The point is, is that it's well-written. It's an awesome game. and It's a lot of fun. Get off me. Pack about it. Jesus. And um, yeah, so that's it. If you've played the game, 
buddy, let me know. Let me know how you thought about it. Now, moving on to the second game of what you've been playing. That needs a theme song, too, like what you're playing. But anyway, the other game uh, I played recently was a replay of Blade Runner. And this was inspired, the replaying of it was inspired by the fact that it's recently gotten support on ScumVM. Um, you have to download their latest developmental build, but it worked all the way through with me with zero hiccups or problems. Um, it worked brilliantly. And I've got to say, first of all, this game holds up amazing. I would say there is no other game. This is a bold statement, but I'm going to go out on a limb. There's, there's no other 3D game from the late 90s that looks as good, that held up as well as this one. It, it just, it still looks great. Like it, I, I, I can't say for a commercial, like a major commercial release, would it be acceptable? But if this was an indie release today, I'd say, but it looks great. Like it looks like Unity or whatever. It's, it's a well, amazing looking game. And I think a lot of that comes down to them playing with the strengths of their technology and also playing into the overall visual vibe made famous by the first Blade Runner and um, very respectfully kept up by the second. Those two together are probably my favorite film of all time. And I say together because I bloody love them both. They fit together. See them both several times. And I'll yell uh, at you about them in a water cooler episode uh, before long, I promise, because they're amazing. Um, but anyway, the game, how does it represent itself? You know, kind of under the coattails of, of an amazing movie, in my opinion, really bloody well. It's its own story. You don't play as Deckard, but you do cross paths with him, so you feel like you're definitely in that world, in that universe, but you're also an individual, bloody snowflake, and you get to have your own story, um, which I think that's really cool. It's it's not as cheap. It's definitely more innovative to, to have to go through the work of creating a new character for a player to be instead of like, you know, here's another one-off mission from Deckard. So that's already a cool point. The way it goes about it, the mechanics of the game, most of it is traditional point and click, examining your surroundings, talking to a lot of people, collecting inventory. Um, but there is a, another mechanic that you use quite a bit, which is uh, to explore and, and um, diagnose what you might find in a picture, uh, a photograph, which happens uh, in the first Blade Runner. Uh, the game has the same aesthetics to it, where it's like that you know classic 80s depiction of the future. There's a lot of grids, a lot of neon grids. I'm not sure why the 80s thought the future was going to be full of like really chrome and grids, but um, these green grids go over the photo and, and you have to find things in photographs and zoom in and it clears the photo up. And that's, well, it's actually really fun. They did a great job of, of making the objects you have to find not obvious, but not frustrating. Like, you know, some of them took five, 10 minutes, which I like that in adventure games. I don't want it to be too easy, but I also don't want necessarily to have to use a walkthrough. And in all aspects, this game does that really, really well. Um, another cool aspect of the game is that there's several different endings and more so than just the ending because that's not easy but easier. This game has several different ways that you can, that, that you're presented to the game. So in other words, every time you fire up a new game, not a loaded game, they will stay consistent, but when you fire up a new game, the computer throws out a new randomization where certain characters in that gameplay will or will not be replicants, including the, the main player who you are in the game. So sometimes when you play it, you're a replicant. Sometimes you're apparently not. I say that because even though I'm quite confident, I've never actually got that version. So I'm just kind of a little asterisk mark there. What I can say for definite in my experience is that uh, it, 
in addition to whether or not the, the playable character is, is a replicant or not, depending on your, your run through the game, sometimes other people in the game's position will change. So sometimes a person will be a replicant and sometimes they won't be. And sometimes they won't be a replicant and sometimes they'll be a replicant empathizer. So that could change the position of, of other people that you're interacting with in the game. You know, if, if you get the version where they're not a replicant, but they're a Blade Runner, then you're, you you got to watch out for them. But sometimes they're not a replicant, they're a Blade Runner, but they, they're a sympathizer. As I should have said the first time, instead of empathizer, whatever, semantics. Um, that makes the game well fun, and, and you can play through it a lot of times, honestly, because there's a lot of different versions of it. So main points about this game, if, if you... Honestly, it doesn't matter if you like Blade Runner. It, it stands on its own as a cool story. If you know nothing about the movies, that's totally okay. This will introduce you into the the world of it, which is really basically simple. It's like, you know, hey, Replicant is, is kind of our word for clone, and we don't really like them. So go, it's your job to, yeah, go off and do that. Um, so anyway, and if you don't like, if you haven't seen Blade Runner and Bloody, go see it. It's okay not to like it, but not as much okay to just not have seen it. So get on that as your homework. My overall rating for this game. Oh, before I do that, first of all, right, I, I won't leave you hanging. Best game ever, obviously. Um, one last thing I'll add is that this game has a lot of endings. And uh, I recently, this playthrough, I got a shit ending. This game has... Uh, some great endings so i'm not trying to uh you know deter you from playing it or, or make you think that i don't love the game i do but i did get a shit ending and uh i'm gonna say spoilers so if you uh if you haven't played the game go ahead and skip 30 seconds all right skip it come on mates last call and spoilers so you've got a dog in this game you're not sure if it's a, a replicant dog or not you, you're convinced and you tell everyone in the game that it's definitely real because of how much you paid for it um, but that ties into the legacy of, of the idea of the films, right? Is it What does it mean? What does it matter if it is or isn't? So at the end of the game, as you're uh, approaching the, the final point, if the woman is with you, um, who's also a Blade Runner, and you approach the ship, the dog gets shot uh, and killed. And, and he, as far as I know, he always does. And it's really sad because you have this dog the whole game. You have to feed it when you go to the apartment. He clearly, your character loves his dog and is verbal about it. Like it's, no one wants to see a dog get shot. What are you, what are you thinking, mate? It's just savages. It's horrible. So it, it's, it just sucks all around that the dog gets shot. And, you know, while I would say that John Wick is the extreme, you know, reaction to that, not a wrong one, but an extreme one. I, I don't expect him to go all John Wick on the guy, but it's like, you know, that's probably a dog mate. Like that should be, a, that should be huge. And, you know, he, he, he's upset. He listens. He, he goes into the spaceship. The main bad guy gives his bloody speech. And you walk out. And this is, again, if your you're fellow Blade Runner, the female in the game, if she's still alive, the game's ending will be her saying to you, basically, like, you know, sorry about your dog, mate. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's go bloody back to my place. And he's like, all right, yeah. And so it's it's just like really like she's like sorry about your dog you wanna you wanna go uh, you know have it off and he's like yeah buddy do it's been a rough day it's when I lost my dog and on and she's like buddy I saw that it was terrible so anyway I I thought the ending was kind of shit because it's like if the man's dog died like that's a really inappropriate response like the first time you're seeing him since it happened and it just happened buddy ten minutes ago it's very fresh in his mind and she's just like yeah that's man that's buddy that's terrible it's um I'm sure that put you in the mood though and he's he's like you know. Yeah, 
So that's weird. But anyway, the game's great. And uh, check it out. If you have played it, I'd like to hear about your, the endings that you got. That's right. I'm not going to let this go. I'm going to keep throwing bait at you to bloody say something. Um, that, you know, I don't mean to yell at you, but, you know, I did make a conscious effort to do so. So your move? All right. Let's, let's bloody wrap this show up. First of all, I've got one, one last little bit for you. I want to thank everyone that's still listening, all two of you. That's, that's being generous, but uh, thank you. You're in the corner. Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, this last part here is uh, reader questions. Yeah, that's, that's real wholesome, good fun. You know, a little chance to interact. Now, this uh, question posed to me, which was not written by me, probably, goes as follows. If you were stuck on a desert island... What game would you... No, I'm just... I'm, I'm, I'm playing. I wouldn't do that to you. Good God. I've got standards, mate. But I mentioned a guy from Oxford earlier. Remember that bit? Yeah, it was... It was mint. Absolutely mega stuff. All right. If you... This is a desert island situation. Let, let's change that up. If you're stuck in a bloody asteroid in awesome space, which is like real sparkly, it's a, it's a cooler version of, of space as we know it. If you're stranded, you're stuck. And you've got to be paired with some character, protagonist, or not. Antagonist is also acceptable. It's 2019, baby. It's all right. You're stuck there, and you need to pick someone to be stuck with. Now, the question is posed in this way, again, definitely not by me, that the person either has to be somebody that's going to help you get off of said secluded place. Let's just call it Buddy Desert Island. Or the person is going to be someone that would be either bearable to be with because you're never getting off or or maybe just like humorously mismatched for you so it would make a decent sitcom with like a laugh track and you know real, real 90s i feel like david spade should be there anyway let's, let's get into it so i've come up with um i don't know i guess an answer for both somebody that might be able to help us off and someone that would just be kind of fun to be stuck with i'm not gonna pick an annoying person like i suggested to myself in that letter i definitely wrote for myself to read to you i'm going to pick someone that i think will be kind of fun to be stuck on an island with and i'm not gonna say keith all right i know i kind of beat that whole thing to death i'm not gonna stop don't get me wrong but just in this scenario i'm not gonna pick keith because he'd eventually run out of cigarettes and God, could you imagine being stuck with like a chain smoker who's going through nicotine withdrawals? No, mate. Yeah, he would be unbearable. So I can't do that. No, Keith. Sorry, mate. But I will run through who I picked. But before I do so, some quick honorable mentions, things I floated in my head and then ultimately decided would be rubbish. So first one I kind of thought was like Guybrush Freepwood, right? Because, you know, it's kind of his thing being at sea. I'm glad we, we stuck with the island thing because I forgot that was kind of part of how I answered the question so yeah we're definitely like on an island forget all that mess back there i don't know who that guy was talking he's very unprofessional so anyway guybrush is kind of a shit choice right because I, I just feel like i get really tired of his bullcrap very quickly like everything's a, like it's not a bloody joke we're starving it's a dire situation stop like swapping me with, with q-tips and whatever like you gotta take it bloody seriously mate so uh, like oddly personal but regardless no no guybrush no the chuck can't trust the guy and you know the the whole technical beard thing it's, it sounds uh, it sounds like someone chewing all the time when you have to hear technical swishing back and forth it's just bleh. oh that got real uh another another close mention was like roger wilco figured you know he's kind of middle of the road luck always kind of seems to come to him he might be you know a good chat he's not like too uh, you know eccentric too extroverted like he could probably be bearable for a long time 
But ultimately, you know, nah, not much really to talk about there. So no Roger Wilco. The last one that I floated was Gabriel Knight. Because I I think he's cool. Like, I just I just want him to like me. I, I For some reason, I need this particular fictional character's approval. And I'm not sure why. I should probably talk to someone about it. But that's why I pick it. I just I thought he'd be cool. Like, like if I had cleavage, I, I'd probably like, like kind of subconsciously like squish it together around him like he like bloody look at me um <laughs> so that, that was my reason for for picking him but then i thought like all right if if i gotta be stuck on an island forever with him like i feel like he would turn into old grumpy harrison ford which i love that version of harrison i love him in general don't have a change mate but but i feel like gabriel would just slowly morph into like old like grumpy, unenthusiastic, tired of your Star Wars questions, Harrison Ford. And so I, I, I wouldn't be able to put up with that, obviously, for long. And honestly, those two, they remind me of each other. Like, for some reason, I feel like they both make a lot of unwanted passes on women that somehow work out for them, which is not okay, by the way. Just a quick disclaimer and all that. But it's just kind of weird. So anyway, that's that's that. And then finally, I'm going to reveal my choice, which is a choice made, keeping in mind that I, I do want to get rescued. It's much to be fun to, like, you know, twirl an old telephone cord in my fingers, laying on my stomach on the bed with my feet up in the air, cross-talking to Gabriel. Um, I, I decided to get serious and pick some way to get off this island. So the obvious choice, I know you're thinking it, is Adam bloody Green. Adam Green. Anyone? No one? Come on, mate. Go to Classic Gamers Guild bloody podcast. One of you knew it and you're yelling over me right now. Like, oh, I bloody said I know it. What the hell? All right, Adam Green is from Echo Quest, which is an awesome uh, Sierra game, both of them, Echo Quest 1 and 2. And more importantly, the reason I'm picking him is because he's really good mates with this bloody dolphin named Cetus. Or some sort of kind of gross name like that. Um, Cletus? No, that's like a Sega game. Yeah, I think it's Cetus. Yuck. But um, anyway, he can talk to them. And, and, and as you know, fish, are, they're quite fond of the water. They do well in it. So he'd just call up Cetus or whatever. Come pick us up. Cetus would be like, oh, buddy, I didn't know there was two of you. Let me get some reinforcements. And he like calls Aquaman or whatever. And they bring us back to shore. And I, I gaze back at, at Cetus. And I'm like, oh, buddy, never eat tuna again. You know, because I appreciate all life now. Because that's what it's about, right? These things. It's about the journey. You know, some self-growth. So, of course, I'd learn something. Not an idiot. All, all the way through. But um, anyway, that's my choice. I think that if you can beat me on a more logical way off a bloody island from, from an adventure game person, unless you come up with someone with wings, I didn't think about this that long. Let's just end it on a sort of high with Adam Bloody Green. Also, play them games. They're really fun. All right, that's all, ladies and gentlemen. I really appreciate you listening. I love you all. I'm going to work really hard to keep this bloody thing together. In the future, you can look forward to having some guest interviews and hopefully some guest co-hosts as well to keep it fun. And uh, I'll try not to do any like top 10 lists, but if I do have to do another show alone, I'm going to warn you now, I'm not above it. I kind of see why a lot of people do it now. If you're like solo in a room, that's like the one buddy thing you can do, you know, and maybe you'll listen to the top 10 and be like, oh, buddy, he's 10 for 10. Like, he, he, I feel like he's like reading my thoughts. This is amazing. I love this show. Or you'll be like, oh, this guy is like a well pricked. Like, uh, you know, he hates everything I love. And, you know, and that's good too. It's all, you know, it's all about the conversation, isn't it? Something. Anyway, let me let me read off the, the social media things. Check us out at cggpodcast.com. Check us out on Facebook at 
facebook.com slash the classic gamers guild check us out on instagram on buddy twitter you can check out our patreon uh by the way instagram is at cgg podcast twitter is at cgg guild which is it's 2g so it's kind of like cgg or something but anyway that's where you can find us check us out there um any patrons will be appreciated but it's not necessary um i don't feel entitled to it but if you do sign up you, you toss us a buck or whatever you will get some bonus content that is uh fine so yeah all right that's it now i've been telling you this for a long time you lot but i don't think anyone's listening i feel the need to reiterate it don't do a murder My uh, who isn't happy about that? Nope, nope, can't say that. <laughs> what are you? Yeah.